hope people know that that music is ironic. Like that's <laughs> we're doing it ironically, so you can't make fun of so it. You can't make fun of it. I just I feel like if someone tuned in for the first time and heard that music, like me, immediately I'd be like, oh, "No, nah, dog, no, nah, that ain't for me." <laughs> Whatever. Next. I don't want to make doilies. I I don't want to. You know, I was trying to think of the, those collars that they used to wear back in the fucking eighties. Uh, oh, they were. It was like a straight, almost like a priest collar kind of thing, and then the string tie or the. I want to keep bola. bola. That's it. Yeah, I was gonna say bola, but then I was thinking that was the fucking, uh, yeah, you know that thing. <laughs> Perfect. I'm glad you did that physically, so yeah, that like, everyone no one on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. It, it translates well to uh, podcasts. Then there's the Ebola, which is the uh, electronic virtual version of the tie. So, you know what's weird? You know what's weird is that the whole fucking world right now. Yeah, go ahead. Is that uh. The world can't agree on a measurement system, but for some reason, they all instantly agreed on a measurement system of time. That's true. We're all in minutes, hours, seconds. Exactly. It's because the Illuminati controls time. And if we can take the Illuminati down, then we can reverse time. So we just need to basically come up with our own. I mean, fuck, dude, if QAnon can get the kind of traction that it did, I don't see why this can't. I, I want mean, an oobleck, and that's going to be equal <laughs> to like three hours. You know, Boom. it's got to be some fucked up, you know, for people like me that are math deficient, you got to fuck it up. And it's like three hours, 17 minutes, six seconds, two nanoseconds. <laughs> um, and that that culminates into a time unit of the oobleck. <laughs> Oh, there's just so much to talk about. I just don't even know where to start. Right. All you would have to do to get uh, a whole lot of people to agree to something uh, that there was because the uh, number system that we use, the zero, one, two, three, four, five, oh, six, yeah. seven, eight, nine. I know is, where you're going with this. Is Arabic in origin. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And uh, so there were people that they held this little uh-huh. uh, poll about, should we abandon the Arabic numbering system? Should, no, should we teach it in schools? Should we teach oh, yeah. the Arabic uh, numbering system in schools? Yep. A friend of mine and I pitch that back. We throw that back and forth on Facebook all the time when we want to basically say something or someone is stupid. We will post that, the article about that poll. And yeah, they asked if, if, if we should teach Arabic numbers in school. And we it's a 60-40 split. Every time they put it up. Yeah. Yeah. You can guess where that fucking went. And your, your ultra conservatives trip the fuck out. And, you know, it's liberal Satan and all this shit. And the amount of face palm, I would, I would break my nose if I face palmed that for real. That's like the... <laughs> Dihydrogen monoxide. <laughs> yes. Yes. Dihydrogen yeah. monoxide. It can kill you if you have too much of it in your system. It is found present at 100% of drownings. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's actually a really dangerous chemical. Very dangerous substance. We need, we need to ban dihydrogen monoxide. So. I agree. <laughs> That's going to be my platform uh, in 2024. <laughs> that and the Ublek. Yes, we're going to measure by the oobleck. I saw something, speaking of 2024, I saw something where, I can't remember who it was, some uh, Republican representative or analyst or something said that he fully expects Trump to 
run again in 2024 if he loses to Biden. And uh, the first thing that popped in my head was he could run. It would be interesting to see him run as an independent, but I don't think the Republicans would pick him up again because they're already starting to, you know, Mitt Romney and there was another couple of guys, they're already starting to kind of distance themselves, if you will. Um, and McConnell made the comment that, you know, of course there would be a, a peaceful uh, transfer of power. Uh, and I'm thinking, brother, you can't speak for Trump. No one can. <laughs> you, nope. Not even Trump. But Right. So I think that's his way of paving the, the so that if, if Trump does what some of us think he's going to do, that at least the Republicans can go, whoa, 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 hey, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's like, nah, nah, you picked him up. You had to have known from talking to him uh, what a fucking nut job he was. Yeah, and that hasn't been a mystery for a while. Um, <laughs> see, the, the, the thing about him is, uh, it, if we look at this forensically, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to state out front that I don't like the guy. <gasps> I, haven't, I haven't liked the guy for a long time, and I'm sure that was a mystery to a lot of people. So you're not, what about the Trumpy bear I bought you? Wait, 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 what did you do to the Trumpy bear I bought you, Doug? Show me on the bear where they hurt you. <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's look at this analytically. Um, analytically. You know, what we had in uh, 2016, um, prior to the election, the polls were showing Trump down. And you already heard him screaming that the election was rigged, uh, that there was going to be voter fraud. There was going to be everything else because Trump, uh, he has a interesting psychology. Uh, granted, you know, I am not a psychologist, nor do I claim to be one. But any time that things are not moving in his favor. Uh, he's kind of like that uh, classic person who's sitting there playing a video game, uh, playing against the game itself. And when the game is whipping his ass that throws the controller through the TV set, <laughs> it says that the game is cheating. Mm -hmm. um, so, Prior to the election in 2016, he was stating it was rigged, it was uh, going to be a fraud, and he stated that uh, he he wouldn't necessarily accept the election results. Now, this was in 2016. Until he won, and then he accepted it. And he was right. like, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, everything. Okay, it, now but, there's no fraud, because I won. No, no, no. Let, let's back the train up. See, the thing is, is Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by approximately 3 million votes. So even after he won, he accepted the election results, but he was stating that millions of people had voted illegally. After he was put into office, he created a commission to look into this alleged voter fraud. 
They looked for a year Mm -hmm. and disbanded the commission very quietly with no fanfare after they couldn't find anything and turned in their findings. It didn't make a whole lot of noise in the press um, because, you know, under, you know, the, 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 basically the barrage of the Trump news cycle that we all saw start up in the election, which, you know, the news has constantly been like, can you believe this fucking shit he did? And then, you know, naturally he comes out hardcore against the news, the whole nine yards. And then he acts shocked when he says he doesn't get treated fairly after he basically is shit all over him for the last, what, six, eight years? Well, he's doing, he's, he's doing the exact same thing this time. Like his, his um, MO has not changed at all. It was votes shouldn't be counted after you know, the end of the night or whatever. And now he flips and does the count every vote. What fucking blows my mind. Well, no, 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 no. Well, you, you got, you've got to qualify it. See in his mind, we got to go back to the 2016 election when he was talking about millions of illegal votes. What he has been proposing now is to count all the legal, especially in his mind, votes. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is elections have been done this way for a long time. Most states do not certify their elections for usually a week to two weeks to three weeks after the election. Yeah, they've got till December 15th. The Electoral College has to the uh, December 15th, I think it is, right, right, to make the decision. But the point is, is he's playing that same that same game of misinformation and garbage. Only well, this kn- time, everybody knows what he's capable of. There are there were some groups out there. Um, what was their hashtag? Sharpie Gate, right? Based on the fact that there was this claim made by some random Facebook video that a guy made, stating that I think it was Arizona was handing out. Um, sharpies to fill out the ballots because sharpies don't count in the machine right which is completely untrue yeah uh, I how found, would it not count well and i found a snippet that even said that the manufacturer of the machines being used recommends sharpie pens because the ink dries fastest um it's kind of like remember how, how you had to use number two pencils in school and it was because the graphite in number two reflected a certain way the machine would see it was that. just to make the circle dark enough that's all yeah, they so, don't want you using a softer lead because then the machine wouldn't see the mark. Yeah. That's it. And the pens and the ink and the Sharpie is the same. What's interesting now is that Facebook and Twitter are wiping out anything about Sharpie gate. And so, of course, then the the people that are in support of that, you see, we're being we're being um, you know stifled, whatever. It's the liberal media. No, asshole. There is absolutely zero fucking proof or evidence. So my point being is that going back to his little committee, right? A year goes by and they find nothing. Now, this time though, people are ready for that. They know that he's going to talk shit. And the fact is, is if if you have no proof whatsoever, you should shut the fuck up and do things legally, if you will, you know, and there have been several Republicans that have come out and said that, that basically the shit coming out of his mouth is insane. Um, 
I personally think he's lost. I, I, I think Biden's going to pull ahead. And if Georgia winds up fucking going blue, that is going to blow my mind. I know they have Atlanta. I get that. But that's going to shock me. Um, here's here's the thing. Um, the 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 narrative. He, he's been playing this narrative ever since. Because the thing is, is uh, Trump, even though you know uh, he claims he's a super stable genius, he's got all the best words. Uh, he he does. Um, have some people in his uh, atmosphere that are pretty swift. Um, it's it's uh, you know I would say it's probably not the vast majority based on what I've seen and the amount of books that I've seen written that were like holy fuck as bad as you think it is it's worse. Bozo the clown uh, had good management. I mean, <laughs> well well the thing is. With the pandemic, he chose to make the pandemic political. Uh, and there's a lot of chatter that in the very beginning, and, you know, I don't know if any of this has been verified or not, um, but some of what I heard, so you can take that for what it's worth, when the pandemic initially started popping up, it started popping up in a lot of Democratic states. Um because obviously we were seeing it in New York, we were seeing it in California, and what they were hoping, even though you know we've got Trump on tape uh, with uh, Bob Woodward, or, or yeah, it was Bob Woodward that um, basically saying this kind of thing was going to be a nightmare, and then he came out and said. Uh, more or less the exact opposite, that it was going to be gone by Easter, the whole nine. It started hitting Democratic states first. And so he chose to take that political route, and he thought, well, maybe I'll fuck up and get lucky, and it'll go through and hang out in these Democratic states, and when it goes through and wipes them out and puts them under then I can go in and say that their their politics is yeah, what, what caused it. it. Yeah. Right. So and then he started taking this anti mask in the whole nine. I was gonna say then he shit on those he shit on those areas that were trying to to keep it under control. So you created this um you know this bipartisan view of the virus. And you know I was thinking about something that was kind of funny to me is that a lot of your conservatives, a lot of uh, people that vote Trump, Trump, um, they want to blame, you know, they call it the Wuhan virus and the China virus. And I, you know, that it was created in a lab and it was released on purpose. Okay. So if you're a fucking patriot, right. And you love this country. And some of you were overseas fighting for this country. You'll, you'll go into a desert and, you know, get fucked from all sides. The risk of getting, you know, blown apart, shot, whatever. You'll risk that, but you won't wear a mask to stop what you consider an attack from a foreign country to potentially help stop the spread. <laughs> yeah, well, see, it's, It was released from China on purpose as an attack, but also it's fake. 
<laughs> but also it's it's a it's all one big psyops, right? Right. So that's that's and, just sort of a strange strange thing to me is that if you really do believe that this is something that was unleashed on us on purpose to to disrupt, right? Which it could have been. I don't know. We'll know in fifty years when the redacted papers come out. Um, oh, it'll be Sharpie all to hell. <laughs> ah, Sharpie. Um, call back. So I just I feel like there's that that's it's little things like that that I see in people's arguments that that I don't understand. And the fact is, is Biden, Biden is going to be fucking powerless to do anything if he gets into office, because if he turns around and tries to do federal lockdowns and federal quarantines and things like that, the, the fucking, I can't even say hillbillies anymore because some of the people I know that are, you know, supporting Trump are far from that. But the Trumpards, (laughs) I won't even, I won't call them Trump tards. I'll call them Trumpards. Um, they would lose their shit, right? And and I'm already a little concerned with how the feedback is going to be. You've got these people down in Arizona, like you know, beating on the fucking uh, doors of the of where they're uh, counting the votes, screaming, you know, count them all and stuff like that. And it's it's a fucking it's weird, man. The U.S. is just we've hit a we're a young nation and we've hit a point where in Sutton, some countries, you know, a lot of nasty violence has broken out. Um, so I'm, I'm just real curious to see where things go. Well, where I was going with this earlier and I'll draw you a line. Um, because, uh, you know, the Republicans are supposed to be the, the party that, uh, preaches personal responsibility uh, it's it's been kind of a reckless abandon of that philosophy when it comes to the virus and they made the virus political so you've got on the republican side you've got the uh personal responsibility i should choose to do with my own life uh, people and then you also have the this whole thing as a conspiracy people. So you had Democrats uh, that lined up on the side of science, which uh, is the way everything's been going the past 20 years is kind of been the narrative. So you have Democrats that are paying attention. They're wearing masks. They are uh, following uh, the uh, CDC as well as uh, state health and uh, the guidelines that are coming out from Dr. Fauci and crew and the whole nine. Well, when around about in May, they kind of took a look and saw, okay, this thing is definitely not going away. It's not easing up the way we had hoped. And we've got primaries in the whole nine yards going on the entire time. And, what the Republicans uh, that surround Trump saw uh, around, you know, April, May, the whole nine, was that uh, there were going to be a lot of Democratic ballots in a lot of places that were going to come in by mail. So they had to do something about the mail to stop it. So they had uh, a Trump campaign contributor, former CEO of a, a company that uh, 
did a lot of delivery stuff, did a lot of uh, contracting with the post office, guy by the name of Louis DeJoy. So they got Louis DeJoy in uh, June of this year, and around that same time, you started to hear the narrative uh, from Trump that mail-in voting was going to lead to large-scale fraud. Uh, and that the election would be stolen from him, the election would be rigged. So Louis DeJoy came in, and the post office, uh, which has kind of been underfunded for years because of some weird uh, political decisions that were made sort of Puerto Rico style. Uh, and when I say that, you know, the post office kind of got a raw deal the way they have to turn around and fund retirement accounts uh, in the whole nine they have to pre prefund a lot of things, which led them to a lot of financial difficulties. The uh, post office, basically, with the rise of Amazon, uh, they would have, with all the packages that they're getting, uh, it would have had them in the black the last several years, but they're not. So when Louis DeJoy came in, he cut the overtime. Uh, and did everything that he could surgically to slow the mail down, including uh, new sorting machines that were bought, sorting machines that were already out there. They were uninstalling those. And even one made the news in Colorado Springs where they had a brand new sorting machine that they saw the post office employees that was paid for. They walked out and they had to throw it in the dumpster under orders. Now, there have been several uh, attempts by the administration with the post office to flush as many fucking mail-in ballots as they have. And a lot, you know, one thing that the Republican Party has been really good about for the last, oh God, uh, 12 to 16 years is basically do doing what you're accusing the other side of. It's standing on someone's foot and then s screaming out loud and pointing, yeah, this person can't jump. Well, they can't jump because you're fucking standing on their foot. Hey, Doug, I'm, wa yeah. I'm waiting for that line you were going to draw. Well, so... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're still drawing here, but the th yeah, the thing no, is, what what was where, where where were we going with that, buddy? Where were we going? Well, see, the thing is, is when they uh, the Republican Party with the mail in votes going to lead to fraud narrative, they knew that they would get a lot of their people to show up and vote in person. In person voting because the COVID nineteen wasn't as scary to them as maybe to Democrats. Well, it's not real, but it's a Chinese virus. The, 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 the unreal Chinese virus, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. It's not real, but it was made in China. The thing about that is, is the uh, provisional ballots um, are the only things that take a while to uh, rectify when it comes to in-person voting. And that usually comes from same-day registration or somebody was removed from the voter roll rolls and they show up and it's a surprise. They have to rectify all that shit. So what the Trump campaign knew in June was that their people would show up, those votes would be counted, they would be counted early, and 
then the mail-in ballots, as they start to uh, were going to start to be counted, that they would change. They had the potential to change the narrative. Hence, stop the. We don't want anything counted after election day. There's no. We don't want any of the Democrat ballots counted. Right. But, basically. But then at the. But then, like I said, then when he he didn't take the lead like he expected, then that whole thing turned to count every vote, and. It, again, it just blows my mind that nobody can see the the flip flop there. That they see it, but they're okay with it. And well, it's not going to work either way because he's like they're going to count every vote, and he's going to lose. Whether he, he likes it or not, whether it. right, whether a bunch of people that are, I think the problem is, and and you know, we we kind of have discussed this in the last few days, especially people don't understand the process. They don't get it. They don't know what the rules are. They don't know how what the process and policies are. I didn't, right? I was one of those people growing up, especially in my 20s, disenfranchised, didn't give a fuck, didn't care. Um, as I've gotten older, I've started caring more. And especially this year, um, I started caring more. I learned about the whole thing about the Electoral College not having to really make their decision, their vote, whatever, until uh, December 15th, five weeks after you know uh, election day. Uh, the electoral colleges can do shit that's completely backwards from what their state says, you know, um, there's, there's a lot that could happen. And I think what it boils down to is people don't know how it works, but then they want to come in and say that it's cheating. And then it's not that, you know, well, that's dumb. Well, that's how it's been for 200 fucking years, Sparky. And it's worked I've had, well, uh, you know. I've had Trump supporters tell me we should go by popular vote because the electoral college isn't fair. And I was like, Okay, he would not be in in that case. He'd still be losing. Yeah, there'd be right. <laughs> the Republican would never win if we went by popular vote. But here's the really interesting thing to me about this election: uh, if you don't have it up right now, do me a small favor and then just uh, Google election results and then take a look at the numbers below the map uh, where they show the popular vote totals for Joe Biden and the popular vote totals for Donald Trump. Right now I'm showing Joe Biden at 73,751,265. And I'm showing Donald Trump at 69,797,581. Yeah, which is a relatively decent pouncing, right? Um, well, here, here's, uh, here's the cool thing about that prior to this election the highest vote total garnered by any president yeah was barack obama and it was like 69.3 or 69.5 million popular votes cast for barack obama mm -hmm. the guy that it looks like is losing this election has more votes than what Barack Obama had at his peak. Right. So so the the turnout People in this speaking. election yeah. is absolutely amazing. And I'm all behind that. Same. And I, I think that's I think it says something. And again, I know a lot of Republicans. Well, I won't say a lot. I know a significant number to me of Republicans that have um they the, Trump lost them throughout the years, just because of his stupidity, his, his, his yammering. Right. 
And, but I don't know of many people that he has picked up. Like, I don't know Democrats that have decided to change and go Donald Trump. Now, do I think that Joe Biden is that popular or do I think that people, uh, that he aligns with the way people are thinking nowadays that much that he'd be beating him by, you know, what, two and a half percent? Um, no, I don't. I think this is just like Hillary Clinton back in 2016. Donald Trump got elected because the Democrats couldn't have possibly chosen a worse fucking candidate. Like when that popped, I remember thinking I could go do this and do better than they do. So Trump gets his shot. I think that now people are sick of Trump. Uh, he's, he's really a do nothing president. People talk about his, um, the unemployment rate and stuff like that. Um, Sometimes That's because that of that is, policy he enacted. That's because of all that stuff that he did. Exactly. I can't. I can't name any of it specifically, but it's because of him, dude. And I have seen, and this is anecdotal, but I know you've seen it, Adam and Doug. You probably have too. That when you ask a diehard Trump supporter, and I'm not talking about the guys who just hate Democrats and and hate Biden and hate the way that the Democratic Party does things, so they're like, "Well, I'm going to vote for Trump." I know a few of them too, and I, I that irritates me, but not nearly as bad as people who are like sucking Trump's cock right now. Like that just freaks me out regardless of who the person is that you're going to demagogue and, and worship at the altar of, of somebody. Right. So anyway, um, you, you've, fuck, I lost my complete fucking train of thought getting pissed off over people because I do that a lot. But I think people are sick of, the fact that he's done nothing. When you when you ask someone what he's done, they always they, they they look at you, their brain freezes, and they go, "Obama bad." <laughs> Pretty much. Well, it's like, no, please stop. <laughs> you know, and this is this is where I'm going to disagree. I, I wouldn't say that Donald Trump has been a do nothing president. He has kind of had a singular focus um, is as far as his agenda. What he did was he took everything that Barack Obama did and he made a checklist out of it. And with that checklist, he was determined to undo everything that Barack Obama ever did, because he kind of sees himself as the anti-Barack Obama that's supported by the silent majority. I always love that term, silent majority. It's worked for him. It's worked it yeah. for him. Well, the thing is, um, it didn't matter whether it was the Paris Climate Accords, whether it was... Um, uh, coal plants, uh, which GE, uh, like six months ago, basically said they're never building another coal plant because it's just not profitable for those guys and it's not feasible anymore. When you burn coal, you've got to get rid of the ash. Uh, and ash storage is a huge problem. Just dump it in the um, water. Fuck it. Yeah, well, you know, that didn't work out so great in North Carolina. Um, when they had uh, an ash pond about North Carolina, I mean seriously. Yeah, anyone who lives. Well, I guarantee you, Donald Trump does right now because that's one of the ones that it looks like he's holding on to. Right. But uh, regardless of that, 
Um, even when it came to when Barack Obama had named some national monuments, uh, there were some of the names that got changed. Donald Trump even went as far as to turn around and submit paperwork to get the names changed back. He wanted to undo everything that Barack Obama did. It now there were some fan base. It fucking right really well with his fan base. Yeah, so that's that. That's why I disagree on the do nothing. Um, well, what, okay. What so when I, I say do nothing, I mean actually having your own plans and and you know, to actually like improve shit, a reactionary, that kind of reactionary garbage to me is still do nothing. Like he didn't do anything to improve the, um, the economy or unemployment. What did he do? Right. The, the sanctions that he put on other countries and things like that, that didn't help our economy. Any, everything that I've read or heard or seen says that if anything, it hurt us. You're, you're, I just have, I haven't seen him do anything or sign anything He's had some decent ideas, right? I, he said some things. I just saw a, a memory on Facebook where he had mentioned um, that, you know, mental health had a lot to do with uh, a lot of your mass shootings, right? And I agreed with that. Uh, he was working towards forcing healthcare companies to uh, display the cost of something before they charge you and stuff. You know what I mean? Like to see that a Tylenol is 300 fucking dollars before you take it at the hospital. I agree with that. I think that's a great fucking idea. And I I think that if he would have possibly done more of that and less cult of personality bullshit, um, maybe, I guess maybe if he was a different human, there would have been a different outcome. (laughs) Well, the thing is, if he wasn't him, he'd be better than he is. Better than he is. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Well, the Republican narrative ever since the Affordable Care Act that they actually had a large part in crafting because Obama did everything he could to reach across the aisle while they did the whole stand on the foot and the guy can't jump thing. Um, <laughs> the, the, the thing was after it got passed and the Republicans did everything they could to make it as mean and as ugly as possible. And they, they led the standard FUD campaign, um, where, you know, it's just a big disinformation. Well, I guess I should tell people what FUD is. Uh, F- FUD is fear, uncertainty, and doubt, where you take the anecdotal and you turn around and make the anecdotal the narrative. Uh, and that's that's been something that's been huge in politics back as far as I can fucking remember uh, when something was inconvenient for someone and holy shit i actually lost where i was going with this when i when i hit fud uh, oh yeah uh, when it came on this podcast no, yeah. no 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 so after they got done with their disinformation campaign and the law went out and it went out into the wild there was uh, since that day, and there has been a Republican obsession with repealing Obamacare. And the narrative has been that we're going to replace it with something better. And when people ask, well, where is this plan? This plan has never materialized. 
And uh, Donald Trump is falling in with that same narrative because, again, it dovetails into his I want to undo everything Obama ever did. And every time you hear him talk about the Affordable Care Act, it's about how horrible it is and how they're going to replace it with something that's so much better. And they don't have anything. Well, and, you know, you and I have talked because we disagree on on that the the national health care or whatever. I'm not a fan of it. You are. And it, it is what it is. But the idea that um, what bothers me is that it's like you said, the Republicans are against it because they didn't write it, not because it's bad or good or in between. Right. Um, and it may be something that's necessary. I'm not a huge fan of the reason I don't vote Democrat very often is that I'm not a huge fan of a lot of social uh, programs because I've yet to see one actually work well, right? That's I'm not saying we shouldn't have them because I am a fan of welfare and social security and those things. What I would like to see is I'd like to see them retooled and revamped and fixed because I think that you could get that healthcare under programs that already exist if they were done correctly, right? But this idea that we go swinging back and forth based on whether or not you have an R or a D in your name is what drives me crazy. Uh, I am the last of a dying breed. I am a moderate. I believe that you can come to a an understanding, but it's like if a Republican leans a little, you know, into the social platform, there either there's a fear of or maybe a reality that he's going to lose votes because, you know, he's one of those goddamn liberals. And if a liberal gets a little conservative, you know, it's like they're a fucking plant or something. You won't lose any hardcore uh, liberal or Republican votes by leaning the other way a little bit. Because they're going to vote for you either way because you have the fucking letter next year. Well, yeah. I mean, people have told me they're voting for Trump because he's a Republican and they don't like Democrats. And it's like, yeah, but at some point, you know, I've got friends and family that I had to cut ties with and I loved him dearly, but I had to cut ties with him because they were toxic. And this man is fucking toxic for this country. Right. And and anyone who doesn't see that is either blind or they agree with some of the bullshit that comes out of his mouth. And the one thing that I am reminded of every time I see people standing outside of the Maricopa County, you know, um, voter counting area and they're all pissed off and, and weeping and whatnot is fuck your feelings. Right. Because that's been a Republican slogan. I have seen it on the back of fucking people's vehicles. Trump 2020. Fuck your feelings. Conservative right? tears. Let's go. Right. And liberal tears. And I've made it very clear that the that those two slogans piss me off worse than anything in the world, because now you're bringing in feelings and emotion into things or you're, you're ba- <laughs> to say that liberal tears. Right. OK. So basically what you're telling me is that you don't give a fuck about policies, procedures, or what good or bad happens to this country. As long as you can make people who don't agree with you and don't believe in the same things you believe in cry and make them it's, sad. That's fucked, dude. That's a bully. That's fucked. It, it's, dude, that is the same thing that has been happening for years with football. And, you know, it's like you've, you, you've got your team, you've got your tribe, and when your tribe beats the other tribe, there are 
legions of people that love to turn around and go and rub it in somebody else's fucking face. And the saltier the other side is about it, the happier they are. Go at them. So when can we start putting in like pools on DraftKings for the uh, presidential election? Oh, they've already done it. Vegas, Vegas has been running numbers on it. Matter of fact, we collectively know some people that have placed money on it. Yeah, I actually, uh, I saw that and some people like were using it as uh, an identifier of how the election was going more so than the poll results. Oh, hey, like, billions oh. of dollars are at fucking stake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, billions of dollars are at stake anyway. Let's not, you know, get it twisted. Um, uh, politics is about money and business, right? Um, but it's also about tradition. And the tradition is what keeps a lot of these people in power, right? Um, it's why you see a lot of lawyers and shit go into politics because it's, it's tradition and law is tradition. And a guy like Trump, you know, I think one of the reasons that he, he did get elected and why a lot of people, even though Trump has been a fucking punchline since I can recollect, is that because he wasn't a politician, right? That was a good uh, thing. He wasn't a politician and he was going to drain the swamp and he wasn't going to bring in that same old moldy tradition. Oh, he didn't. I, <laughs> I, I think that it's sort of, well, let me just cut straight to the fucking chase. Um, what I think it is personally is since he's not a politician and since he's kind of unhinged and he says whatever the fuck he wants in the moment. I think the thing is that uh, he is saying out loud what several Republicans and Republican strategists have been saying behind closed doors for years. And the thing about that, the, you know, Statisticians, uh, economists, uh, people who do a lot of studies about numbers, the way they relate to money and things and the whole nine yards will basically tell you that eventually we'll get to the point where white people in this country become a minority. And what you've seen over the last 20 years is the Republican Party moving to uh, tip the scales in their favor as much as they can for as long as they can uh, to hang on to that original uh, Caucasian majority uh, vote to do everything they can to hold on to that as long as they can without changing because uh, the tide is going to be turning and we're, we're watching it start to flip the other way now. And if the Republican Party wants to survive and become anything but the permanent minority party, that they're going to have to change the way that they do a lot of things reach out to a lot of groups, but in the interim, yeah, I I think they they will too, but what they've done in the interim is basically said, anybody that's different from you is the problem. Mm -hmm. They're the enemy. 
And never seen that playbook before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you can go back to about 20,000 fucking BC and uh, find <laughs> it many, many, many fucking times. And, you know, humans were just hairless fucking apes, man. Um, I'm a nihilist. So, like, I. So you live on the river. Yes, yes. Uh, it, but not just in Egypt. Um, so, to me, it's all kind of fucking dumb, right? I, I think everything is dumb. Um, but I understand the point of some of it, you know, why you're here, why you're existing. Um, and this idea that people getting caught up on race, the thing is, is that, and I've said this before, that the word racism and prejudice get juxtaposed a lot, right? He's a racist. No, I don't think he is. Because if you look at racism, it's the belief that one race is either superior to or inferior to uh, another race, right? And I don't think that that's where people's brains are these days. I think it's prejudiced. And I think that it's a misunderstanding of culture more than anything. And the funny part about that is that if you look at it, you don't even have to be a different race to misunderstand someone else's culture. You can look at white culture from the East coast to the West coast, North to South, right? Um, you've got people that live in a city don't understand rednecks and rednecks and hillbillies don't understand people that live in cities, right? doesn't matter what color you are because it's culture at that point. It's not about the color of your skin. If you don't understand black culture, native American culture, Hispanic culture, whatever, I get that some things would seem weird, right? China, they eat dogs and we think that's fucking disgusting and weird, but we eat cows and there are groups that think that's fucking disgusting and weird. And we eat pigs and people think that's disgusting and weird, but it's not about race, religion at that point. It's just culture, right? Um, Me personally, I like learning about other cultures and have um, adopted things from other cultures. And I don't call it cultural appropriation. I don't believe in cultural appropriation. It's because you're white, Dan whatever. I don't believe in it. I believe in appreciating other cultures, right? If you're doing blackface, whatever, that's your, it's not cultural appropriation either. That's just fucking douchebaggery of tomfuckery proportions. Um, but I, I, you know, go out and learn a little thing about other cultures. You might be, you might be really interested, right? Just walked a, watched a documentary called Rumble uh, on Netflix. It's pretty cool about um, Link Ray and the Native American influence on rock and roll. And again, um, there's, uh, there's, <laughs> there's plenty of, um, there's, there's plenty of influence of other cultures and the shit that you like and the shit that you do every day, right? Nothing better than a guy with a fucking old trucker cap on running into a, a diesel truck, rolling coal, listening to fucking trap music, you know, but if he saw That's my entire hometown, if he saw a real black person, he'd freak the fuck out. <laughs> That's also my real hometown. <laughs> Well, that's and we've kind of had this discussion before as far as like if you look at a red blue map, uh, you'll have states that are blue. But if you take a uh, look at that uh, area by county or congressional district, if it leans this way or that way, what you'll by and large find is cities and metropolitan areas are generally blue. Mm -hmm. And then rural areas are generally red Funny. in states where, uh, you know, pretty much the whole state is a fucking rural area. Right. You may have a tiny blue island and it's a sea of red. And as someone who was 
raised in, uh, I was born in Missouri and then raised in Alabama, um, it was sort of a interesting uh, experience when I got out of my own little corner of the world. Um, after September the 11th, there were a lot of things that were going around, especially in rural places like Alabama. Uh, the narrative of there was no such thing as a good Muslim. Oh, yeah. That if if you were a good Muslim, uh, then you were bound and determined that you were going yeah. to Destroy kill Empire. white people. Yeah. Right, yeah, destroy the American Empire, kill white people, and it was this strange brown invasion. And then I got out of that bubble, and at the time I was I was hardcore Republican. I was hardcore Republican, and then I started getting out, and then I started getting exposed to other cultures. I started meeting people who were Muslim. I started you. meeting people from Africa. I started meeting people from all over the fucking place. And what it, what turned my head around was that bullshit narrative that I had been sold that all of these other groups that I wasn't around were the problem. And because I had little to no exposure to anyone who was different uh, and, you know, you're from your standard Southern uh, Baptist, white people, whatever. Once I started getting a little bit outside of that, I was like, you know, all this stuff is is bullshit. It deprogrammed. No, me. that's not what happened. Uh, Doug. Once you left the safety of Alabama's conservative Christian borders, you were indoctrinated. Devil, yeah, the devil got a hold of you and he indoctrinated, indoctrinated you. Thank you, Adam. Um, so basically you're fucked now and, and all of that empathy and diversity and, uh, learning that you've done, it's Satan. That's so, literally Satan. That's, so, and that's that one of the, and I have obviously I'm being a fucking asshole here because I'm good at it, but, um, that is the argument no. that I have actually like, that is truly how those folks see it. And I even saw something about they call it the Democrats the left because Satan sat on the left side of God. Because it ain't right. I, I've, I read that and I was just like, <laughs> there are things that sometimes make my brain um, blue screen. <laughs> and, 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 and moving to Alabama, see, for me, I'm the other way. I, I was born and raised in the middle of fucking nowhere, Ohio, and stayed there for a long, long time. And I moved to Columbus after my first divorce down on campus. I was one block over from Ohio State campus. Um, speaking of college football, Michigan sucks. Um, and the world that I saw there, because just like you said, I met gay people and I met brown people and I met people of other religions. And the one thing that I all that I found out that we all kind of had in common is we just want to be relatively happy. We want to have food in our stomachs. You know, none of us wanted to hurt each other because I was white or they were black or Korean or whatever. None of us. Fuck dude. Most of the time I never even thought about it. Right. I mean, if anything, it taught me that some of the jokes and things that I had made in the past were kind of fucked up and racist, but I didn't know that at the time because I 
just didn't like I was, I was raised and you said shit. And then after you said shit, it was, everyone laughed, but then you'd say it in front of somebody of that race, creed, color, you know, whatever. And you'd feel uncomfortable. And I realized that when I felt uncomfortable, that that meant that I really wasn't the douchebag that I feared that I might be because I felt uncomfortable. Right. And then I moved to Alabama and it was that much worse there. <laughs> like it was so fucking weird um, as to how it could be deeper rooted <laughs> than what I had thought that I had grown up in. Um, it, but when you, when you grow up, when you don't know any, like you said, Muslims, right? I didn't know any. But then I met some, Mm-mm. and I didn't know they were Muslim at first. We just we worked with them, we talked with them, whatever. And then one of them would be doing like uh, Ramadan or something like that, and I was like, "Oh, what's that?" And they told me, I was like, "Oh, fuck that!" Uh, <laughs> it was like Lent, but worse. Um, and <laughs> and it was like, "Wow, this person's pretty decent." You know, one of my best friends is is Puerto Rican. And he's been kinder to me than any other human being on the planet, right? I've had black friends that have picked me up when I needed it. And then I've had white friends that just shit all fucking over me. <laughs> so sorry, folks. I can't, I can't say that any one race, creed, color, religion is worse than the other, right? Now, it's the whole Martin Luther King thing. Everybody individually can prove themselves to be an asshole or not. Mm-hmm. I don't care what group you are, right? Um, I know plenty of Republicans that – I know people that have voted for Trump that I get along with just fine. And and we agree on most stuff. I just think they're a little more deep-rooted in the whole conservative Christian vote R no matter what kind of thing, right? I, I've had them tell me they don't like Trump. And I'm like, then don't vote for him. But I have to. Uh, He's that got the red the, tie on. He's got to have to vote for him. Power tie. <laughs> Yeah, I always found that confusing because occasionally you'll have Republicans that turn around and give speeches wearing blue ties, and then <laughs> you'll uh, have Democrats that give speeches wearing red ties. And I've always wondered if there was like a you know some weird fucking study behind. Okay, I'm going to give a speech about blah blah blah. I should wear this color oh, tie sure. or this color dress. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm sure there probably is. But, you know, the, 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 this whole thing about uh, Donald Trump has been, for me, Donald Trump personally. Now, I'll, I haven't liked the, the way the Republicans have played for a long time because I, I you know, above all else, I, I really hate a cheat and a bully. And I really hate to watch uh, the... You know, and it's not not everything Republican is bad, but when I see them do the stand on the foot tactic, uh, you know, I just it it makes my blood boil. And they've done that a lot and a lot more over the last 12 but years. Democrats or so. are literally the spawn of Satan raping children. I mean, we have absolutely no proof of that, but. You know, yeah, you've seen Rosemary's Baby, right? There you go. QAnon. That baby was a Democrat. It was a Democrat. He was registered blue, like coming out of the yeah. womb, you know. 
So guess you what? only got to see that in the director's cut, but it's in there. <laughs> child molesters, pedophiles, and pieces of shit uh, come in all shapes, sizes, uh, colors, and fucking party affiliations. Well, I mean, when pretty much all you have to stand on is that all of these other groups are bad and you've got a lot of industry behind people, regardless of whether it's the healthcare industry or the energy industry or the whole nine, they've got a vested interest in keeping disinformation out there. Because I will tell you right now, uh, yes, I am a fan of socialized healthcare. Allow me to tell you why. I like socialized healthcare for the same reason that you fucking like Apple. You fucking like Apple because they have in like they have I like my iPhone. in or exactly, but they you, you, you like the apps. You like the security of Apple. You like the privacy of Apple. Uh, uh, most people that I know that have iPhones are glad that there's not a whole lot of shit out there that's open source for it. It's because they have end-to-end control. And in a system where you have socialized medicine, uh, not that you know that that I think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but here's what I will tell you: you get better outcomes for a cheaper price because you have end-to-end control. Go out, Google. Yet yeah, this is the like this is actually where I'll come over and like slap you in the face with my it's dick. Not cheaper at him. because it's everyone is paying for it. It's cheaper maybe for him. But that would be like you buying him an iPhone and him going, wow, this is cheap. Okay, here's what I would like you to do. I would like you to look up the facts on what the per person cost is for health care for every single person in America. And then I want you to compare that to the per person costs for any nation. Uh, regardless uh, if it's most of the countries in Europe, Canada, uh, several other places, Australia, on what their per-person cost is. And their per-person cost have people going to the doctor cheaper than what we're doing it for. My stance on socialized medicine is strictly a cost-benefit analysis where it, dude, it's just logic. So let me ask you a question uh, on your end-to-end, on your end-to-end uh, theory. Are you familiar with a company called Luxottica? L-U-X-O-T-I-C-A. Yes. They own. Yeah, they they, fucked, they they cornered the industry. There you go. They cornered the industry, but they they have an end-to-end control over the industry. So by your argument, that's a good thing. It's providing us with more no. features and better cost. Uh, I said on a cost-benefit analysis, mm-hmm. they have end-to-end control. Luxottica is a good example of what goes wrong with the whole antitrust thing. Because if you go to another country, uh, 
like say even somewhere like Brazil or Chile or what have you, and you go and you go to buy eyeglasses, they cost you a hell of a lot less than what they cost here. The problem that I have with the American healthcare system is money has been poured into it f- from the healthcare industry over the years. It is, you have, no, I mean, it was amazing when GoodRx came out and I could actually see what a different prescription would cost at different locations. And I didn't have to turn around and call 16 pharmacies. The thing is, is you walk into a doctor's office, you don't know if that doctor's office charges more than the doctor's office down the street, if the hospital that you're at charges more than the hospital down the street. They've done everything that they can to keep that in a black bag. And over the course of the last 30 years, especially, they've done everything that they can possibly do to fuck you at every point in that system. You've got uh, the malpractice insurance that's fucking doctors. You've got the lawyers that fuck over people uh, with malpractice. And it's not like I'm saying that, you know, doctors shouldn't do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. But, you know, occasionally there will be mistakes. Well, that comes from frivolous lawsuits too, you know, where there there needs to be tort reform. And then another thing is with drug companies, uh, drug companies do everything they can to keep their shit under wraps, do everything they can to charge you as much as they possibly can. Then you have the private healthcare industry that they do everything that they possibly can to hit you with every fee that they can, including charging you for that fucking $300 Tylenol. And and then you get the insurance companies uh, where Blue Cross Blue Shield got hit not too long ago because there were 23 different companies under their umbrella that they basically figured out that, hey, that there's a fucking price fixing scheme going on. The problem is You've got middlemen at every point along the system, and all of those middlemen, their only motive all the way down is profit, to extract as many dollars as they can from you to make their margins and make their stock price. That's free market, and if you take away free market, anytime you've seen, well, I won't say anytime, but the majority of situations I've seen private enterprise always does better at something than the federal government does. So my concern is that you give that to the government and you're going to see, you're going to kind of see a, you get what you pay for scenario, right? What I would like to see is again, to, to kind of give Trump a fucking thumbs up. I would like to see more things like the good RX app or, or the, ability to see who's charging you what so that then the consumer can make a more informed decision because right now let's face it like you said the drug companies don't no, want they don't that. and neither do the healthcare companies and neither, I mean I have absolutely no idea how much a office visit is going to cost me when I go to the fucking doctor right and people say well your plan information and all that trust me I've tried and you get in and you're expecting to pay $110 and it's $250. Well, why is it $250? 
well, you looked left when you came in the door and it strictly says you have to look right or we get to charge you another $125. And you're like, ah. So the first, you know, my credit was ruined years ago. I have since repaired it, but it was ruined years ago by, guess what? Medical bills, <laughs> right? And I know so many people that are in that same um, situation. My ex had surgery. Um a few months later, we got a bill from a collection agency for $700. And we're baffled by this, right? So we contact the hospital. The hospital can't tell us what, uh, what it's from. They literally could not tell us. They're like, I, we, don't, we don't see what we sent you to a collection agency. And um, we, uh, well, I mean, maybe we did, but you'd need to talk to the person who's only here on the third Tuesday of every fucking odd numbered month, you know? And never calls you back, so get fucked. We wound up paying that $700 to the collection agency. Yeah, the fuck you fee. The fuck you fee, right? There was no way that we could... The The concept of battling it made no sense, right? But there are people out there... I was fortunate enough that I had the $700 that I could pay it. There are a lot of people, probably more that don't than do that can just pull $700 out of their ass and pay a collection agency, right? And we paid every bill that came. We paid all of our deductibles. We paid everything that day when she went into surgery. We took care of everything, right? And no one legitimately could tell us where it was from and nobody gave a fuck to try to figure it out, right? That was the, that was the part that blew my mind is everyone was like, all right. Fuck you. <laughs> so yeah, I guess it really was a fuck you fee. Yeah, they're like, we're just going to tack on this fuck you fee and then send you to collections. So Doug, you know that that thing you popped up showing that the uh, the U.S. pays more in, in health spending, right? But what is our uh, what is our that's per that's per what person is our degree in of, the United what States? What is our degree of care versus the United Kingdom, right? All right. I, mean, so I would like to talk now, to somebody from the UK and say, hey, what's your what's your healthcare like? Right. Um, now, I will say this. I was looking up some stuff for COVID uh, back at the beginning of all this. And one thing that I found out, uh, like Italy has one of the, I think, number one healthcare um, uh Shit, like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You got for? this. You Approval got this. Use your words. Right, that Italy is considered to have one of the best um, healthcare medical uh, whatevers in the world. The U.S. Yeah, and France. We, we did not fare so well. <laughs> we were like 26 or something like that. Yeah, you know? when it comes to health outcomes, we were not even in the top. Well, I do believe there needs to be reform, but socialized healthcare. I don't know if that's the answer. Right. Um, I just don't. Uh, that's the shitty part about it, because what you've either got to do is you've got to put in transparency and price controls and true competition at every point in the spectrum all the way across. The problem has been is every time that they try to do something like that, you have all of these health care industry groups that what they do is they 
pour money into campaigns Absolutely. Uh, that are basically saying they're going to take away your health care. That's going to shut down your hospital. That's going to, you know, it, it, it and it's like a, the only things that they don't say is aliens are going to come steal you out of your bed, rape your face <laughs> and fuck your kids in the ass. Um, but everything there. else that could possibly happen is what they trot out. And looking at it, you know, because honestly, I've been thinking about this fucking issue since 1992. And in 1992, when it was brought up, uh, we were only paying slightly more than a lot of other countries, like 20, 30 percent. Well, I mean, that's that that's still, but in, in in dollars, the division wasn't as far yeah, back not, then. Not three uh, times more than the, you know. Right. It was your private insurance most of the time in the 90s. You were paying like 40 bucks a check. It covered practically everything from your from your toes to your fucking hair follicles. Anything you needed to go have done, it wasn't a big, huge deal. Uh, and then they, there was a series of laws that started to get passed that made shit kind of complicated. Uh, because originally, uh, back in those days, also, if you showed up to the to a hospital and you didn't have the ability to pay, they could fucking legally show you the door. Yeah, I do remember that. Well, yeah. the, well, they well they can't really do that now. They never so, really were supposed to be able to do that, but you know, you right? Find, but uh, technically, kind of they could. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's like, hey, I know half your liver's hanging out, but your uh, insurance kicked it back. So you and your, uh, we're, we're going to put a bandaid on that shit and uh, put you in a wheelchair and wheel you outside. You know, one of the things that I said I fear about COVID is not death. Folks, I, I'm a firm believer that when you, you, you die, you're dead and that's it. There is no afterlife. It's lights out. Okay. I'd be worried about my dog. Well, actually, no, I wouldn't be worried about my dog because I'd be dead. Okay. My problems are fucking over. That's not what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about reciprocal lung and, and uh, immune system issues. Uh, I've got some from an illness I had back in 2013 that nobody can explain to me now. Um, but for me, it's, it's missing work having to go on disability because, you know, some of these motherfuckers are in the hospital for six weeks. There was one, I think she was in for like 90 days. She was older. She had health issues. I get that, right? I have asthma. I have immune issues, immune system issues. I have an overactive immune system. So it may just fucking kill me dead. But if it doesn't, and I wind up in the hospital for six weeks and I've got insurance, I'd still be fucked financially, dude. It would, it would, it would kick me right in the dick, uh, for, it would take me years to bail myself out of that. So, and why is that? It's because, um, our healthcare system <laughs> is fucked up. Right. Um, and for, Doug to accuse me of talking too much on this podcast uh, is incredibly, incredibly hypocritical. Uh, I just want to say something. I just want to say something. No, no, Adam. No, no. Okay, go ahead. If, if there's a crime committed and two people did it together, they're both guilty. Nah. Nah. One of them is not innocent because the other one's guilty. Nah, that's that's, that's true. That works. 
That's not mutually exclusive it where is. only one person inverse invertness inverseness. So basically you're saying Doug and I both suck is what you're saying. No, 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 no. I'm just saying it's a possibility, you know, just because it's like saying uh, Mussolini killed more people. So Hitler was a pretty good guy. Like, just because <laughs> because one person may be worse doesn't mean that it's so i'm gonna go ahead and take the mantle of hitler on this one because i'm short and i get worked up real easy so that means can i be stalin you know yeah even though he really wasn't even in the equation i mean why the fuck not you know (laughs) well i mean you had stalin and hitler fighting on opposite sides this is true (laughs) so does that make you who does that make you there fresh rogan does that i want to be uh Oh, fuck. Who's a good dictator? You kind of uh, look like yeah. a, a Jew with your beard down there like that. You've got like I the Hasidic be, uh, thing going. No, I want to be Castro. Oh, Castro? Yeah, I was oh, about to say. That's good. He's got more of a Castro beard than that's he does. Good, yeah. Uh, Castro oil. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not a thing. That's, that's not I'm a pretty thing. sure that's what it's called. Yeah. That's Castro oil. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, or we're going to bring this train into the station. We might as well. We're devolving at this point. There's no, I, you know, I could keep on oh, going, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're well aware. <laughs> yeah, this was sort of a semi-bonus uh, episode. Anyway, um, we recorded last week and this week. I don't know what schedule we're on, but honestly, with everything that was going on, um, at we this needed one point for posterity. Um, Biden is sitting at 264 electoral votes and Trump is at 214. Um, I think Michigan. Yeah. Michigan went blue. Um, yeah. Georgia went blue, but like barely did. Like it's, it hasn't on the Google map. It's still that light blue where he's, he's leaving. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that one, I guess could flip that one. It baffles me. Like I said, I know Atlanta. Uh, I, I'm sure that they pushed it, but it'll be interesting to go through the counties and see how much blue, you know, is, is, uh, throughout. And to your point, Doug, I'll send you a a neat infographic that I found on Reddit, uh, where they were breaking down the States and it goes from the, what their political affiliation is. And then it flips over and it shows you what population density is. And to your point, yes, your, your, your States that go red tend to be, fucking cows and cornfields so it's, it's amazing what happens when you introduce a little bit of uh, education and diversity into the area uh, it, it's really all about exposure man uh, that and it's like when you go to the cities you've got a diverse population and then you have people meet other people and it kind of breaks down those walls and it destroys the narrative of you know this religion is bad or this color of people are bad or people from this nation are bad. It, it, it breaks down those barriers. Well, I think there's one thing that we can all agree on and that's that all people suck everywhere. (laughs) Oh yeah. Humans suck 2020.